1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Sam, I'm glad you're here, and I know you're glad to be here. I'm because, very glad. <laughs> uh, the, 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 our portable cafe has moved to Gower, Missouri, just just for a, a few short shows left, but we've been here for a little while, and we just love it here. We're with the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles, in this beautiful order. Uh, is here in Gower, Missouri. And this is where people have heard in the news about Sister Wilhelmina, and they've heard the word incorrupt, and they've heard these things uh, that have really inspired people to, to come and see, to visit, to be part of this little community. And it's actually kind of shown a light, I guess, on the sisters here and the work that they do. Uh, and we've been talking about Sister Wilhelmina herself and talking about her history and, uh, and and the perspectives that other sisters might have of her and all these beautiful uh, notions here. And now we kind of want to focus on really the charism of this order and some of the beautiful things that distinguish this particular order uh, and what they do and that is born out of uh, Sister Wilhelmina's Loves And her love for music Of course the love For the Lord uh, and, and expressing this In a beautiful way Through music uh, And joining us again Is Sister Scholastica And Sister Scholastica I'm so glad you're here And you've agreed To do this with us Oh
2: I'm again Just tickled To be talking about Sister Wilhelmina Because we love her so much We just love to share her As well
1: Yeah well that's awesome So and we're going to have A special treat So stay for the end Of this show I promise you You will be like That was beautiful Because we're going to Have a little sampling uh, from we've, we've we've gathered a small little scola, as it were, of sisters and just had them uh, sing a, a, a few numbers for us. And so, uh, it's going to be it's going to be beautiful. I promise you. Um, so we should start Sister Scholastica by just talking about um, just why chant specifically, but music is, is such a big part of the, the life of the sisters of the Benedictines of Mary.
2: It is, and it's largely because the Benedictine spirituality is such a liturgical spirituality, so we really put a lot of oomph into yeah. our, our liturgy. In fact, when I help young women discern, I always ask them, what did you think of our liturgy? Is it over the top for you? Because basically, it's all downhill from here as far as how much people put into it. In, in a religious community. And it's, it's not for everyone, you know, we don't serve the poor in the same way that some of the Franciscans do. So what I, I do when I help young not women- Not in the
1: same way, but you serve the poor in, this, in the beauty, right? It's the, true. The truth, beauty, that's and goodness that, that emanates from this place that's is true. definitely benefiting all. That's right, that's yeah. right.
2: So when I'm helping young women discern, what I tell them is, when you're discerning a religious vocation, it's a lot like baking. We've all got the same ingredients Basically speaking, everyone's got flour and butter and sugar and salt in some degree or, or degree or other, but it's the ratio that's going to dictate whether you get a loaf of bread or a batch of cookies, you know, depending on your additives and, and such. If the liturgy is flour, then we would be bread. That's that's right. pretty much what you're going to get out of this, this baking project here. Uh, so we really do up the liturgy. St. Benedict calls it the work of God. So we really consider that to be our main work, is singing the praises of God. And in that way, we're really imitating the angels. So people, when they walk into our church, they say, why are you facing each other? And the idea is to be imitating the angelic choirs, that our Lord is enthroned upon his altar, and that we are at his feet, uh, singing the praises back and forth as the angels would, as we say, in choir, back and forth. So we dedicate... Sometimes five hours a day in this, especially if it's a feast day, it can be even five and a half hours. Uh, more of an average day might be closer to four hours, but just a lot, a lot of hours spent uh, chanting the divine office.
1: So beautiful, too, and to sit and, and witness it uh, when you're not accustomed to this. I mean, it literally becomes otherworldly for those of us who are, uh, you know, sensitive to the, the beauty in the church, Right. Um, for you all, do you still, I mean, does it get old and tired?
2: No, no,
1: I, I, can't I was say hoping you were going to say that. No, no,
2: absolutely not. In fact, there was one sister who said to me, you know, how long does it take you to actually get into it? And I said, you know, one priest told us about 10 years, it, it, wow. it, it takes about 10 years to actually really feel like you've got to hang, you've got a handle on what's happening with the See, it sounds the, like the a marriage. Lombas. Yeah, it really does sound yeah. like a
1: marriage. Uh, and, and so it's like, it just. There's this attraction, right, at the beginning, and then the, the, then it just it kind of and it grows on you and grows yes. on you. It just gets better and better.
2: And we consider it to be the prayer of the bride. So the divine office is considered the prayer of the bride to her bridegroom. So we sing as the church, as representatives of the whole church, to Christ, our bridegroom. So even at the moment of the end of solemn vows you are commissioned with the divine office Mm. this is the prayer of the bride you carry it on that's your responsibility so because it is the responsibility we want to give it as much as we can and again that's something we take the time to do but there are other uh, apostolates other orders that will take other emphases for their prayer but because the benedictine spirituality is such a family oriented spirituality we feel the strongest when we are together singing as a family as it were At the foot of the divine altar That's where we feel the strongest You look at the Carmelite spirituality And they dedicate so much time to solitary prayer And silent prayer Which we do too But again if you were to consider the ratios of baking We have um, a smaller proportion of it Than compared to say the Carmelites But if you look at the great mystics of the church St. Teresa of Avila Had most of her mystical experiences In the context of private prayer Whereas the Benedictine mystic Is St. Gertrude and almost all of her experiences are either within the context of the liturgy or the liturgical year. She will be praying the vespers of Christ the King and have a vision of Christ the King. She will be at Christmas Mass and she'll receive yeah. a message from Our Lady. So this is this is our way of prayer, just putting so much emphasis on that communal prayer that is the official prayer of the Church.
1: And it's a beautiful treasure that you hold and keep. Where some might think it's old fashioned and it belongs uh, you know just in the annals of history and whatever, but when you come it's, it's almost like you're i don't know it's just like a, a, it's like a, a reunion for yes. some people when they're not used to this kind of music, and there's something beautiful about keeping that alive because the liturgy is alive
2: yes, and one of the most I think compelling arguments for chant is that the melodies of the chant were actually written for the texts. It's not the other way around. Where the lyrics actually came first and the music was written for them and the lyrics are the inspired word of God. It's the scriptures themselves. So that's what makes chant so powerful is that it was taken from inspired melodies based on inspired texts. We were actually singing the scriptures allowed because this is god's inspiration and we're we're giving his word back to him in a way and so some sisters when they say they have difficulty praying i tell them well this is really the whole idea uh what we were talking about earlier was that you can get a song stuck in your head you can't really get a sometimes
1: purchase. it's bad Right. Sometimes oh, right. it's a theme from Gilligan's Island. Right, that's not right? a good
2: idea. And, and you know, and people torture you by saying, you know what song I've got in my head? And you say, don't tell me, because it's going to get stuck in my head. Rudolph
1: <laughs> <off> the Red-Nosed <laughs> Reindeer. No, <you> know? no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But
1: I will tell you, though, hearing the music like when we were just at mass uh, and, and hearing the the, the music, and it, it elevates you and it takes you. I don't mind having that stuck in my head.
2: That's exactly it. So when sisters say, I have a hard time continuing the prayer as I work and I say okay, this was St. Benedict's idea you spend that much time devoted to music and eventually it's going to get stuck in your head and that's what you can carry with you we can't always maintain the level of prayer where we're so intensely looking at our Lord that we can't look at anything else because we've got to eat we've got to move, you know, it's not like we can dedicate our entire life to the contemplation of God, if you want to use more of a natural image you think of a mother holding her baby Mm. and there are certain times where she just looks at her baby and she doesn't have to do anything else but then there are times you know she has to make the dinner so what does she do she knows she puts the little child in the in the walker or somewhere where she can keep an eye on him and still make the dinner and this is the kind of prayer we have to maintain throughout the day because we have to do other things we're we're in a fallen world we can't be living the contemplative life the angelic life here below we have other duties other other responsibilities and god is not expecting us to dedicate 24 hours a day to intense uh, mental prayer so this is a great way to bridge it you have music and music does get stuck in your head there's something very eternal about music you can keep the music going in your head when it's over you can play it again you have fade outs in the modern music Whereas this doesn't really happen with anything else. You can think of a picture for a while. You can think of a movie scene for a while. That's going to come to an end. Whereas music, you can keep it going for a very long time and maintain an awareness of the presence of God that's not available through any other medium.
1: And you know, the, the the beautiful thing about that, you were talking about essentially singing or chanting the scriptures, right? So you're taking, you can listen to the word of God and there's nothing wrong with opening your Bible and reading right. and looking and, you, and you're seeing the words and that's beautiful. It's the living word. It's, it's wonderful. And then there's this part of singing that like sort of takes that and it's the kind of thing that you can then kind of put the book down and you essentially just... You just take in the word of God yes. in a way that, uh, that's unique, that speaks to you in a, in a very prayerful and solemn place. It's, it's the kind of thing you can close your eyes to right. and be transported mm-hmm. somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's largely because of the simplicity of it. It's not terribly complex. And because the melodies are written for the words, it, it naturally lends itself to staying with you and yeah. remaining in your memory
1: there are a couple of groups that are out there now that have that have been recording like voces aid is somebody i'm thinking of just a beautiful and i've and they, they don't only do uh sacred music they do like uh, uh irish songs and things like that but i have found myself just really drawn to like putting that on the background yes. while i'm doing stuff and it kind of takes me through whatever task i'm doing and then i find myself kind of like losing myself from the task and just sitting there and contemplating. Yes. So music really helps you to uh, concentrate in a way spiritually in, in a deeper way.
2: Yes, right? absolutely. That's true. Because uh, it's, it's like so many other things. Sometimes you need that separation in order to approach the person you love. So this is why you're about uh, a suitor writing a poem for his, yeah. his beloved. And that makes sense, doesn't it? You know, he can say, I love you, but then to actually formalize it and make it something beautiful, that's the whole idea behind music as well, just singing to our beloved. So you were just mentioning what St. Augustine said about singing is praying twice, but there's another quote of his that uh, singing is proper to the lover.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. And
2: I think that's something we can really latch on to being brides of Christ, that this is my first obligation. There was one sister who said when she was asked her job occupation on on a forum, she wanted to fill out, "I'm a vocalist for the King of Kings.
1: Oh. <laughs> I sing for him
2: each night." <laughs>
1: I've not heard of that group. Who is that group? You know, no, that's awesome. And you know, this obviously, this um, this the charism of the Benedictines of Mary. I mean, it's, it's it's literally born out of Sister Wilhelmina's love for this music. Yes. Right. And I know she loved all kinds of music. I know she loved you know. You know, gospel and all the other things. She she loved music. She's a very musical person. But you know, it wouldn't be the same like if if the sisters were singing. uh, And I don't want to you know begrudge any uh, kinds of music, but if they were singing country music, right, right, or if you were singing a folk song, something that was like a like a light ditty. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something different about this style of chant, this style of music that literally lifts you up and takes you somewhere.
2: Yes, definitely. And Sister Wilhelmina loved music to the point that if she was singing, she could take over the entire choir. She had such a loud, beautiful voice. So sometimes we had to tell her, you oh, go, Sister, keep, keep it down a
1: little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't but, believe you <laughs> would say that, Sister Scholastica.
2: If you heard her voice, you would understand. <laughs> no, she really had a beautiful voice. But, but for her also, that was such a sure sign of her love to give her voice to God. And, and we're always saying that, to give your voice to God. And she did for but how But to give hours? her
1: voice in that way. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's, and that, exactly that's, 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 that's profound. And I think it's just something that I've recognized that, that um, when you, and, and people are hungering right now, especially our, our young folk, are really hungering for some sense of, of reverence and sacredness. And they, they want to be transported out of the sort of ordinary world that we live in. And I think this music is, is kind of, maybe Sister Wilhelmina, again, in a sort of prophetic way, could see that this was really a way in which to do that.
2: I think so, that she could see that and that there was a draw because I know for myself, it was really such a powerful experience for me to attend the Divine Office and to see my own vocation in that context. But that's been almost all the other sisters as well that that divine office will be the first thing that draws them in. And they say, this is so beautiful. This is my way to God. And not everyone can dedicate that many hours to the divine office. But those of us who are called do it for everyone who can't. Wow. So we're the ambassadors yeah. of God before that makes his sense. altar.
1: And so the other thing, I, I just, I have to ask this. So this is really, it's a singing order.
2: It is. Right?
1: So as you're uh, looking at vocations or people are just, they're discerning, they want to meet and find out. What if they think like, I don't know if I have the voice to be a, uh, you know, w- I don't know if I can join this choir as you it know? were. What, how does that, how does that work? It,
2: it does work actually, because it's funny. I, I get that question a lot. Do you have to sing to join? And I say, no, because if you can't sing, you'll learn and it's true for a lot of other things, too. They say, you know, I can't sew vestments. I've never dealt with farm animals before. I say, if you have the call, you will learn, and we will teach you.
0: God gave them the voice that they need.
1: Okay.
2: Yes, yes, and and it's true. We've had young women join who are tone deaf. Interesting. But we, we do coax them out of that.
1: Maybe that's a miracle that we need to <laughs> <laughs> register. No, but but I could see where... Um, one of the beautiful things about singing, knowing just a little bit about singing, is that it, it, you're a, it's like a family. Yes. Right? And, and there's, there's certain voices that have certain, some will have more authority at certain times, like the, the, the bass or whatever, you know, or the alto. And, and you'll start to, and there's this sort of ebb and flow that takes place. And then there's this, this need to blend. Yes. To be part of, to, to create a, a whole Yes. Right. You've got to have these parts in the right balance.
2: Yes. We've had a Benedictine priest actually help us with chant before, and he made that comment. He said, "You're very good at feeling for each other. In other words, just the slightest movement and direction, and we all take up that that emotion that needs to go into that chant at that time. But the other element is the blending, and this is hard because there's. There's a reason that St. Benedict laid so much emphasis on the virtue of humility, because it takes a lot of humility to sing.
0: So it's- something that uh, Deacon Jeff and I have noticed, speaking of that, is the satisfactions. Yes. Like, we, we are very, uh, we were touched. If we, Not we, Mick Jagger. No. Mick Jacker. <laughs> but, we, but Deacon Jeff and I, we noticed that uh, the sisters, during the course of, of uh, chant, they would stop in the middle of of it and they would they would bow they would kneel and, and do different things and we didn't know what that was
1: i mean it, it seemed random yes it right? seemed we'd, random we'd right. watch and it was a beautiful thing to see and all of a sudden a sister would like she would just like kneel bow her head then she'd sit back down or stand up or whatever wherever the sisters were and we thought what is that all about could you explain to the audience
2: no we do have that very frequently during the divine office we will kneel down and when people ask us, what were you doing? We say, oh, didn't you hear it? Because <laughs> we're kneeling because we've made a mistake. And it's not so much that we're saying that we've done this morally culpable act here, but we do take it seriously because we're singing before God. And there was one priest who was, he was a seminarian at the time, watching us make satisfaction, and he said... If I had to make satisfaction like that, I would learn to sing much more quickly. And it's <laughs> true because you're, you're catching yourself on your but
1: mistakes. But it allows you to give an opportunity, it gives you an opportunity to essentially to, uh, to realize God's mercy as you're doing this. Yes. Right. Yes. So at that moment, so it's not, like you, it's not a punishment that's doled out. It's you saying, hey, I can do better. And, uh, and 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 really, sisters, that was me. I hit that yes. crow note, right? Yes. And then this, this little and it's a, it's a, it's actually a beautiful kind of flow in this movie. You see them, and and we all don't know. We're like, oh, look at that holy sister. She's been she's been kneeling a lot, you know? <laughs> But but really, this is part of a process of yes. improving yourself. In other words, singing better for God.
2: Yes, and that He will accept that satisfaction, as we were marking about earlier. Just that that's all it takes to just your little I'm sorry to our Lord and I'm sorry to my sisters and I'm going to pull my thoughts together. Here. Well, so as
1: I promised, uh, we're going to have a little treat. We have uh, the, uh, the, the our beautiful sisters here um, have formed a little stola, and we're going to hear a, just a little sampling. And what we're going to hear is this song, uh, We Do Believe. And it was written by Sister Wilhelmina, wasn't it?
2: Yes, she wrote it in 1971 or 1972. When she was reassigned to the motherhouse, and she gave it to her dear friend, Sister Beninia, who was the pianist, accompanist of uh, the opera singer Marian Anderson. So it was Sister Beninia who wrote the music, but Sister Wilhelmina who wrote
1: the poem. So beautiful. Yes. Well, sisters, uh, this, these are the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles, uh, a small sampling of, of, uh, of Sister Wilhelmina's uh, be- beautiful song here, but made even more beautiful by the singing. Let's listen. That was indeed lovely. It's just—it's beautiful to hear. And it's just a little sampling of the kind of thing you hear if you show up here uh, at this beautiful uh, Abbey Church in Gower, Missouri, to see uh, these wonderful sisters, the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of Apostles. Um, and you know, uh, Sister Scholastica, thank you so much for joining us again and, and offering this insight into this, this charism and this, the beautiful part of music and the liturgy and really in the life uh, lives of these sisters.
2: Thank you for having us, really, because it's... It's just such a joy to sing your life to God, and that's, this is the life that Sister Wilhelmina started for us.
0: And you know, Deacon Jeff, we've been telling the people in Radioland where to find the sisters. They're in Dower, Missouri, and it's a wonderful abbey to visit. It's an amazing place to make a pilgrimage and to visit Sister Wilhelmina. Uh, but also you can visit the, uh, the sisters by visiting their website, which is benedictinesofmary.org. You can learn more about the order, but you can also donate to the order if you feel so led. They definitely need your support. And so hopefully you'll visit them and
1: uh, support their mission. Right you are, Ziggy. Benedictinesofmary.org It's where you go to find out more information. Now we have time for one more selection, and uh, the sisters have agreed to uh, sing the Ave Maria that we heard today at Mass. It was quite lovely, and I think you'll enjoy it as well. And we always end this show with a Hail Mary, and so this this is our gift to you uh, and our Blessed Mother.
3: The elm trees